0: I wanted to take a moment and make a video about words. The ideas behind words, the belief systems behind words, and uh, what we mean when we say different words. And and specifically, I'm talking about addiction. I've been thinking a lot about the term addiction, uh, drug addiction, porn addiction, gambling addiction. Do I have a choice in my addiction? And I wanna talk about how depending on our worldview, depending on our belief system, we're gonna answer that question differently. So a, I wrote down a couple points just because I, I know I rabbit trail and I it's hard for me to stay on topic. So I wrote down a few key points and I want hopefully we'll I'll follow this outline as we go through, but I want to talk about the meaning and meanings and connotations behind words, specifically the word addiction. And then I want to talk about how our worldview and beliefs affect our understanding and meaning of that word. And then I want to talk about how all of that affects our day-to-day life and specifically when it comes to freedom from our we'll call it addiction or we'll call it our habitual habits things that we don't want in our lives typically addiction this is it's using a negative i'm addicted to you know i'm addicted to coffee well that's not necessarily a bad thing but when we're talking about drugs or pornography or these things oh that's a bad thing so how do you get free and it has a lot to, and it has and I'll cut right to the chase it has to do with what you believe what you believe affects what you do what you choose to believe and it's your choice my choice what I choose to believe will affect what I do and will thus affect my reality, what I perceive to be real because I'll be doing something and it actually goes all the way back to what I believe. So what I believe affects what I will do and it affects how I will perceive reality. And so I want to I talk about a dichotomy. I've, I've noticed this in reading addiction literature and whatnot um, and it's interesting. Uh, I was reading one article and it was saying how we need to stop people from understanding that addiction is a choice. Addiction is not a choice. It is something that is passive it's it's a disease it's something that happens to you and it needs to be cured but it isn't something like if someone has and i understand where they're coming from and i believe there are elements of truth to it however it holistically is wrong. And so, but I was reading this article that was coming from, I'll call it an atheistic, naturalistic perspective. What do I mean? There's no God and what you see is what you get. Naturalism being, right, what you see with your five senses, you know, taste, sight, sound, and and, and, and touch and smell. This is, this is typically what we're going to call naturalism. And we'll just call it an extreme. I believe there's truth to this extreme, but the extreme is going to say, you don't have a choice. You're bi- biochemically, and because of how you were brought up, you know, you were a, a four-year-old who was fed alcohol by your father who thought it was funny to watch your your toddler uh, stumble around drunk. This has happened. (laughs) I've read about this. And now you have an alcoholism addiction. You're an alcoholic. Whose fault is it? Well, it's your parents' fault. He fed you alcohol as a child. You biochemically became addicted to it. And now you got to work that out. There's truth to that. There is truth however there's more to that picture and this is what we want to get into same with like porn addiction or something like that oh you're exposed at a young age you didn't know any better you fell into it and that became a habit for me that was my that's an example for me um, and this is for a lot of people nowadays you know just with the ease of access of say internet pornography stuff like this very easy to access creating a neurological pathways your brain creates a pathway it's a biochemical and you're stuck what do you do that's part of the problem however if you're just a naturalist meaning you don't acknowledge a spiritual soulish component of man we're only seeing half the picture and that's what i want to get into so then there's another dichotomy and we'll see this maybe mainly from a from the christians or the the um we'll call it monotheistic faiths people who call things sin right that's sin you need to just stop doing that stop looking at pornography stop drinking just stop and so is there truth to that yes and I, I want to say that there is both a victim, and what I'm going to argue is that there's both a victim and a perpetrator. Think of a court of law, a victim and a perpetrator in each of us. And I like to think of hurt people hurt people. And I'm going to argue that there is a point in each person's life where we have to take responsibility for our, for how we've been hurt so that we don't go into hurt people because we become, and what we start to understand is, and I, I'll just cut right to the chase, your soul. Your soul is what? Is that part of you where you get to make choices, where you get to respond to God? Ultimately, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I just want to kind of lay that out. So you see where we're going. So coming from like a religious perspective, people will say, oh, you just need to stop doing that. You know, you're just you you just need to do better. You know, God says, don't do this. You know, it's a and I'm going to I'm going to what I'm going to articulate is that when we read the Bible, coming from a Christian perspective, that's where I'm coming from. We're going to see that God paints a more holistic picture of both the victim and the perpetrator. And I'm primarily going to look at Isaiah 53 for this. The term addiction, I'm going to argue, I see typically coming from people who believe in naturalism, right? All these addictions, your drug addiction, porn addiction, gambling addiction, it can all be explained through naturalistic biochemical processes in the mind. And you need drugs, other drugs, you know, pharmaceutical drugs or behavior modification to change. There's nothing spiritual, there's nothing soulish going on. We reject that. That's a belief. That's a belief that someone has. However, we we jump to we jump to like a religious perspective. We see people completely denying what's going on in the mind and just saying, you need to do better. Well, is that true? What I'm gonna argue is that from a Christian worldview, when we use our words, addiction or sin, addiction or sin, keep to make it personal, did I struggle with a pornography addiction, or is it a sin? issue and i get to make a choice so isaiah 53 is a book in the old is a chapter in the book of isaiah in the old testament and i'm going to jump ahead to verse 4 where it talks about jesus this is this is foreshadowing jesus and his death on a cross and i want to pick up a few key points here that talk about both the victim and the perpetrator so verse 4 of isaiah 53 surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows so right there we we see him bearing what I'm going to call the vic, the victim. This is this is our the things that grieve us and the things that that are our sorrows. These are the things that are done to us, right? We are grieved. I I've been hurt. I've been abused. God bears that on the cross. And then we see, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and his wounds and by his wounds we are healed and so what what you can go on but what this is talking about is also there's also a punishment that is given to jesus who's god himself and i want to say that he's bearing both the perpetrator as the perpetrator the sins that we do the the evil the evil we'll call it the evil we do he bears that we know that jesus went to the cross for your sins but he also bears your verse four griefs and sorrows I think that's key because that speaks to me as the, the, the as we are all, in some way, hurt people hurt people. And so in the ways that I've been hurt, in the ways that you've been hurt, how can you move past your victimhood where you start to realize that God, he took that pain to the cross too, and it frees you and me to forgive those who have hurt us and to confess those things that we've done. See there's both. And that's what I'm arguing for. When we when we we live in a naturalistic world typically, right? We very post-Christian, post-God. And the reality is we live in a world that denies the spiritual and soulish elements of man. By and large, at least in like the acad- a- academic realm. And what I want to argue is that when we then apply that worldview to people struggling with addictions, even using the term addiction, it's implying oh you're just a victim. And I want to argue no. You're a victim and a perpetrator. I'm a victim and a perpetrator. And I believe at some point, everyone has to acknowledge how they have been wronged in their life. Forgive. This is what God calls us to forgive because he bore all of it. To forgive them. And this is where God comes into his healing. And also to confess, right? Both the victim and the perpetrator. Confess or forgive as the victim. Confess as the perpetrator. And I think this is this is key because God is bearing both the pain of the victim and the crimes of the perpetrator on the cross. So what does all of this have to do with addiction? Well, it's how you become free. you got to acknowledge how you've been wronged and forgiven. you got to acknowledge when you're wrong and confess. And confess simply means say the same as. That's what that word means. Con, with, fess, fess up. Con means with, right? So that's what that means. And what God is saying, he's like acknowledge reality. Acknowledge that you really do have. The-. And what it is, is God's actually giving you the human agency the, the back into your hand. Confession helps you acknowledge your human agency before God, your 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 responsibility before God. Now, do we have the power to overcome? Now, this is the next question. Do we have the power to overcome addictions? And I'm talking to Christians at this point. As a Christian, yes. As a non-Christian, I believe you can be a dry drunk. And what does that mean? Well, you, you've you stopped drinking, but you're still behaving like an alcoholic. What that's getting at is this: you can never escape sin. And what sin is, it means to miss the mark. And sin is inescapable unless you have Jesus, unless he gives you God, the third member of Trinity, the Holy Spirit regenerates you at the moment of trusting Jesus. And what is trusting Jesus? That means you believe he died for your transgressions, your sin, all the things you've done wrong. And in a sense, and this is what I'm trying to get at as well, is we believe that he bore our griefs, our sorrows. So there's there's this element too. And believing in that is what regenerates you and creates in you a new self with the power to change. There's a few more thoughts I wanted to add to Add on to that I think are relevant and one of them is accepting and believing that God can heal you as a victim when you forgive he's asking you to do this see this is a volition of your soul something you can do forgive and he will heal asking doing this with God I'm talking to Christian now at this point Um, the first step is to believe Jesus Christ that he that he reconciled you to himself see this is the triune God Father Son Holy Spirit the Triune, the second member of the Trinity bears the punishment of sin which is his own righteous requirement he bears it and creates the pathway back to god for for restoration to god hurt people hurt people that's really helpful to me because it means i've been hurt but i can also go and hurt people and we see that right and i hear about this and like 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 i had a teacher who said you know my he was the one who broke the line you know the the um, abuse cycle we'll call it but his his grandfather sexually abused his father and the father sexually abused the son and he was like it ends with me no and who knows how long that went on back. But see, that hurt people hurt people. And then second, um, believing who you are after you trust in Jesus. And, I, and I, I don't know where I heard this saying, but I am who I am because I am that I am says I am. And I love that. We need to know who God says we are. And when we believe in Jesus Christ, when we trust God's provision that God saves us, we become his children, his sons and daughters. And we are filled with the power to change and that's why I want that's why I want to make this video is I don't want people to go around saying oh, I have an addiction I have an addic- addiction especially Christians because you have the power to change you the Christian has the power to change but we also acknowledge that aspect of feeling like a slave why do I feel trapped it says you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free that's why you're still bound up in lies lies are what create the slavery to sin and so there's a reason we call it an addiction and there's a reason we feel like victims we are we're victims to lies, but we are responsible for knowing the truth. And that's part of this, is learning the truth, believing the truth, acting on the truth, and living in it. We have to do that. And we will be held accountable with whether or not we do that. And I believe God is always reaching out to help us see the truth. And then I wanted to close on this belief systems. I really see how, again, we kind of talked about naturalistic atheism, kind of just, you know, we deny the spiritual element of man, thus we never actually have an accurate uh diagnosis for healing addiction because we never deal with the spiritual component of it. It's all naturalism. You just need drugs and behavior modification, right? Well, that's not accurate. If we are completely denying the spiritual element or the soulish and the soulish element, you could say, of mankind, of addiction. And I'd also like to add to that deterministic Christian thinking, and this is something I struggle with, both deterministic naturalism, which is everything's just predetermined chemicals in your brain and the, the laws of nature, which come from God, by the way. He's the one who created those laws. Um, But it's all just determined you don't have a choice versus Christian determinism, which you might come out of a hyper-Calvinism, a hyper-Calvinistic framework of thinking will actually kind of get you in the same place, which I was actually told this by some Christian counselors. You know, you won't be free from your addiction until God removes it from you. You know, this kind of thing, denying human agency again. So the reason for this video is understanding agency. The choice-making ability, the really being made in the image of God, means to make choices. Uh, and even despite being marred by the fall, for, for the Christians out there, marred by the fall, we still have the ability to respond to God whenever He reveals Himself. And so that, and that's that's another issue for another time. But I wanted to say, let's stay away from the extremes of you know the Christians saying, "Oh, just do better." versus you know oh I, I don't have a choice but let's try to see again we say i see pendulums in culture again we just go back and forth back and forth between views let's try to see what are what's the naturalist trying to get it That slavery to sin what's the christian trying to get it you're accountable for what you do they're denying that you will be held accountable for this they're denying the very real aspect of being a slave to lies to sin and i'm trying to advocate for that middle position so i hope this helps someone Uh, God bless you guys and I just pray right now God help people whether they struggle with addictions right now whether they're dealing with that or if they know someone get them the help they need I know you'll you'll be faithful to do it amen and God bless